Charlemagne the God of the Breakfast Club, bitches. The voice of the culture. People watch the Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do. Just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook, they're you know they're listening to the Breakfast Club. Get your ass up. Good morning, USA. Yo 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MB. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Friday. Yes, it's Friday. The weekend is here. Yes, it is. It's here. Uh, What's happening, y'all? I was just uh, riding into uh, Mr. DJ Khaled's new album, Khaled Khaled. Yeah, I heard it last night. Well, I would say most of it last night. I, I heard I heard uh, all of it except for the last song. I ain't get to the last song yet. But what song by Khaled are we playing every hour on the hour this morning? I know we got one. Well, you know Khaled is doing every <laughs> a different song every hour. A different song every hour? That's what they said, a different song every hour. Drop on the clues bonds for DJ Khaled. Also drop on the clues bonds for iHeart for being so predictable. But nobody has that uh, iHeart stimulus package like DJ Khaled does. That is right. Okay, nobody. Nobody. That is right. I do like that Justin Bieber featuring Twenty. I mean, I like I like a lot of songs on the album, but I really like that Justin Bieber uh, featuring Twenty One Savage. Let it go. That record is hard. Mm-hmm. That's a tough tune. Tough, tough tune. Yeah. So shout to uh, DJ Khaled. Stream his album. Pick it up. You got a bunch of dope joints on man. You know I me. Mean? I'm, I'm I love the Nas and Jay Z joint. I thought I that love, was hard. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. That's I mean that's 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 a given though. I mean. So yeah. what are the songs we're playing this morning? I mean, I'd rather do Sorry Not Sorry every hour you hour would, personally. Because you, you're 45, but you know. Hmm. I'm not 45, but, but yeah. But it's a great record. Jay-Z is my favorite artist. Nas is from Queens. So yeah, that's... that's. I, I like yeah. that Justin... If I, for, from, for radio purposes, I like that Justin Bieber featuring 21 Savage. Uh, let it go, though. But it would feel... It, it, it's, it, you know, coming in here saying the Nas-Jay-Z record is dope is a given. If I mean, it, they don't really do records together. They're two of hip-hop's elite. So the fact that they do records, every time that they do records, they probably did about three or four of them. It's always a movie. You know what I mean? They did Success. They did Black Republicans. They did, um, what else? Success, Black Republicans, the old joint from back in the day, Lord Tariq, where they was on the Lord Tariq record. I don't even know if they did that together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's And that was tune. it. Tough tune. Yeah, Tough that was tune. it. So they don't really do records together. And you know what? You know what? Um, somebody hit me and I'm so upset. We had Big Daddy Kane on yesterday. Now, there's a freestyle that's out there. If you're an old school hip hop head of Tupac and Biggie, and they're uh, live at Madison Square Garden. I don't know how true that is, but people say that was Big Daddy Kane's set. He was performing, and he brought all of them out. Yeah, I would have loved that. to ask him That's about that. Biggie said, I got seven Mac 11s, about eight, 38s, 9 9s, 10 Mac 10s. Never end. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I would have loved to ask him about that, how that came about, how was that backstage. But I, we, I totally forgot. Totally, totally forgot. Damn it, man. Well, all right. You'll get another time. Yeah. All right. Well, Dawn Dixon will be joining us this morning. Big Don. Big entrepreneur Don. Yes, she's an entrepreneur and she gets money and she helps other people get money. And we're going to talk to her later on today. Uh, in some sad news. Uh, oh God, why do we need sad news? Why? Uh, you're right. Let's not do that. We'll why? do it later. I'm why? sure you do it in the room. Is, no, no. We'll do it later. All right. Well, let's get into a joint off Khaled's album. Of course. Every hour on hour. <laughs> what, record, <laughs> what record is this? Let's do, let's do Little Baby and Little Dirk. Okay. Oh, that's a tough record. 
It's called Every Chance I Get. This baby, record is baby very tough. snapping on this. They snapping on this. Dirk snapping on this, too. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it right now. Get your ass up. It's a Friday. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Tough tune. That beat hard. Yeah, it's a very hard. Morning, everybody. Steve J, Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Now, last night was the uh, NFL draft. I didn't watch it. Charlamagne, did you? No, I did not watch the NFL draft last night. No, I wasn't into it. All right. Well, what else we got, Yeezy? Salute to all the brothers that got drafted, though. Absolutely. Well, let's start in North Carolina with Andrew Brown Jr. He was shot and killed while he was in his car. And four of the officers who were on the scene have been reinstated. They were at the scene of the shooting. But according to the sheriff, they said they had not used their weapons. So they are being reinstated to act, reinstated to active duty. They said they looked at body camera footage and other evidence. Sheriff Tommy Wooten said it's obvious for the deputies never fired their weapons and deserve to be reinstated to active duty. More investigation is necessary into the three deputies who did fire their weapons and they will remain on administrative leave. Now they are also asking people not to rush to judgment and pushing back with their own check the facts narrative. What case so was this? What they are, this is in North Carolina. Okay, Andrew okay. Brown Jr. who was yeah. shot and killed while he was in his car. He backed up, went forward. And remember the family was allowed to see uh, just a few seconds of that footage and they haven't mm-hmm. um, released that footage yet. So... The family, though, is pushing back against what the sheriff is saying, and they're saying that there was no contact made because what the police are trying to say is that he backed up, moved forward, and made contact with them, with the police, and that's when they started shooting. But a relative of Andrew Brown Jr. has offered a different account of what happens. He does not want to be identified, but he told CNN that uh, Andrew Brown Jr. started backing up his car, and they started shooting the front windshield of his car. He said, and then he took off to go across the yard, and they started shooting the back window of his car. And there's also a photo that was shared by the relative that appears to show the sheriff department's truck in Brown's driveway. They also took pictures of Brown's car after the shooting that shows at least one bullet hole in the front windshield. So we are waiting for them to release that body camera footage, but a judge did rule. The family was able to watch it, but it would not be made public for 30 days. Yeah, it's insane uh, for, for anybody to think that if you shoot at my car, I'm not my, my first reaction is not going to be to drive off. Like, I'm supposed to just sit there and let the bullets hit the car because you're the police? Like, no, I'm getting the hell out of here. See, now what the police are trying to say, right, is that he he was in his car moving backward and then forward each time making contact with deputies, and that's when they opened fire. That's what the police are saying. The family member is saying that is not true. Well, put out the full video then. Yeah, put out out the full video. (laughs) Put out the full video. If y'all don't got nothing to hide and y'all telling the truth, put out the full video. There's no way. I, I, I tell you, even in, in uh, towns where they steal your car. So, for instance, you know, uh, my car got stolen a couple of months ago and the police seen him, but they couldn't give chase because they would it would drive us so reckless. So they said they got to let it go. It's, they they can't chase. They, they can't just shoot at cars like that. You're not supposed to be able to do that. And, if you and, that's, did, probably, and if, that's probably the reason why they don't want to release the video. Exactly. And if they didn't do that, then just put out the video and show us that y'all didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But clear. All right. Now, we told you. Go ahead, Charlamagne. Oh, no. Go ahead. I was uh, moving on to talk about the FDA. Now, we were talking about this ban on menthol cigarettes that the FDA was contemplating, and they have decided yesterday to move forward with that ban. 85% of black smokers use menthol cigarettes. It's flavors in those um, cigarettes. And some people were concerned that ban could empower local law enforcement to target black people, but they do have a new directive that attempts to address that concern. So what they are saying, if implemented, the FDA's enforcement of any ban on menthol cigarettes and all flavored cigars will only address manufacturers, distributors, 
wholesalers, importers, and retailers, not individuals. I Amen. still don't know what menthol does. I don't, I don't know what menthol is. I know it's flavoring. So they just want they rather have a regular flavored cigarette, but if you put flavor on the cigarette, it makes it bad. That's what they're saying. <laughs> does that make sense? You're gonna season it. You're gonna season it. <laughs> put a little goy on it. Listen, I want all cigarettes to be banned. How about I'm that? You, Get rid man. of all cancer sticks. Sorry, smokers. I know we probably got you. a lot of smokers that listen, but y'all don't need that. Y'all been trying to quit forever anyway, but you can't. That's okay? nothing but cause cancer. It's not good for so you. So sometimes you gotta save people from themselves. I want all cancer sticks to be banned. Menthol. You know, red, Peppermint. red flavor, grape flavor, <laughs> yeah. orange flavor. They, all of all that. that. They come in flavors? Well, mm-hmm. yeah, so, and menthol, like I said, it cools down your throat. So when you're smoking it, it, does, it makes it less irritating. Ugh. And so that's why people like it too. All right, but so, that is your front page news. Sounds like hookah. That's what it sounds like. Okay, honestly. our producer Dan says menthol is what makes the cigarette minty. I believe that ingredient is highly more unhealthy. If you want something that <laughs> tastes like mint, buy some gum. All right, I just suck on a mint. All right, most cigarettes are just an oral fixation anyway. You just like something in your mouth, okay? So just add a little mint flavor to things that you like in your mouth, and it'll give you the same sensation. All right, what's wrong with you, man? It's six o'clock on a news. Friday, bro. Like you, you got to start there. I'm talking Let's about get cigarettes. Into some Khaled. Another Khaled? <laughs> no, no. Eight every hundred... hour on the hour, not every minute on the minute. Yeah, I know it feels like that, but no. 800-585-1051. Get it off your chest. Call us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this truck's from Jersey. Yo, Andy, I held doing it. Y'all hung up on me, bro. Well, you on now, King. Make the most of it. I was trying to get the real estate info from info from Andy. Oh, well, hold on. They never sent your information over, brother. I'm sorry. I don't uh, answer well, phones. But yeah, we'll get Charlemagne it. a question. Yes, yeah, sir. Hey, what's on, like, hard drugs or something? Do you do hard drugs? He said it's wax or hard drugs. On, like, hard drugs or something. Wax? Uh, yeah. No, just weed. You sure it's not just weed? Because he's saying a lot of shit. And like when you look at it, it really makes sense to him, but it don't make sense to nobody else. Well, some people that whole silverware thing. Well, that's his trauma. That's because he used to work in a restaurant where he didn't want to work there. So he would take the silverware and rub it on his genitals. So he's afraid of his own karma in that situation. Yeah, yeah, but you yeah, but you saw how when you tried to get fired, you did stuff for them to see you so you could get fired. Well, I never tried to get fired, sir. Didn't you say you didn't show up to work and you started coming late because you wanted to get fired? I never said that. No, not here. I'm talking like Taco Bell. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was different. Yes, yeah, that's true. I did. See you, like, it all makes sense. Him put the silverware on his genitals, like, but that's the thing, right? That, doing that for wax? But that's the thing about your, your karma, right? We know what we do when nobody's looking. So you can't lie to yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's yeah. all. He's scared of his own karma. That's it. And now he'll need all silverware. Because he think it's going to get... I, I, I kind of get it, but... Well, well, hold on, hold on, brother, because I'll get you that right. information you need, all right? Hello, who's this? Hello, what's going on, man? Good morning. Get it off your chest. Well, you know what? I'm going to tell you. This whole pandemic thing has really got me upset about as far as this shot is concerned. You know, they're forcing people to get this shot in order to get certain jobs or in order to, hurt, to, to get certain... Um, activities meaning that you can't even go to a, a sporting event if you don't have the shot you can't uh apply for this certain job if you don't have the shot you can't go into this certain restaurant if you don't have this shot i don't understand why they're forcing people to get this shot where the fact is 
not been tested 100 safe. You know, they actually have people that actually got sick after getting the shot. So right. I take it you're not getting the shot. Not until you know I find out 100 that the shot is safe. Got and, you. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. Because people are getting sick over the shot. I mean, I'm not. You know, I'm not going to um, be a guinea pig. Okay. Yeah, I did get sick for a day. Um, Yee didn't get her second shot, so she won't experience that for a while if she does get sick. But it's one of those things. You don't know what will happen if, if you get the shot and how it affects your body. And, and we don't know if you get COVID, how it affects your body. So it's kind of one of those things. You're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. But for myself, I'd rather just be, you know, safe. I know most most people who I know who are saying they got the shot are saying they'd rather do that than potentially get really sick from COVID and die and mm-hmm. That's why I know a lot of people are telling me I decided to get it. And and you're right, though. They're making it more difficult to move around and do things without right. it. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Hey, good morning. It's Jade in Virginia. Peace, Jade. Jade. Get it off your chest. I'm just calling to wish everybody happy Friday. Um, I got a new job a couple months ago, and I've been adjusting to this commute. It's about an hour. Um, But I have plenty of time to listen to you guys in the morning, uh, laughing along with you guys, and then catching an after show every now and then on Instagram with Dramos. Um, part of the quarantine crew from last year. So hey, Dramos okay, does Dramos. an after show? Hold on, okay, now don't speed by that. Dramos does an after show that we don't know about? Okay. He's been doing it. You were on it. He's been okay. doing it. Oh. Okay, watch what happens live. We see you. <laughs> yeah, that's not an after show. That's Dramos' Instagram uh, live talk show. show. Unofficial yeah. after show. I do live talk show, yes. But oh. I drew those pictures up there for you guys. I sent one for Charlemagne last, uh, last week. And oh, thank you. With You're the, welcome. With the anxiety shirt on? Yes, the anxiety shirt. That's me. Oh, okay. Thank you. Yeah. I, thank right. you. I appreciate it. I mean, you got me looking like an extraterrestrial, but hey, maybe you see me <laughs> in that way. I'm not upset. <laughs> That's how he looks regardless. Thank you, mama. Thank Artistic you. Artistic drawing. Yes, you're welcome. You guys thank have you. a happy Friday. You too. <laughs> Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Edgar. Hey, Edgar. Get hey, Edgar. Chest. Hey, um, I'm calling right here from LA. This is actually the first time I, I tried calling. It's crazy that I made it. I love you guys. Thank you, Edgar. Love you back. So uh, I just wanted to say, like, what do, you, what do you guys think about all the street vendors getting attacked in LA and stuff like that? It's really sad. All the street vendors? I mean, I nobody should that. just be getting randomly attacked. I mean, like, yeah, what do you? I, why, why, why do people ask that question? Like, somebody's gonna say, "I think it's a great thing that street vendors are getting attacked." Like, it's horrible. No, well, I, I just moved to mention. I haven't really heard you guys talk about it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm from here. I'm an Hispanic myself, so I just I haven't really seen like a lot of light. A lot of people talk about that stuff. You know, you guys are very influential. Yeah, I've only seen one though. I saw one uh, one last year. I saw, but I but I you know I follow Letty Martinez, so I saw Letty post about it. I saw her post about uh, it was an older woman getting a, she got attacked last year, right? Yeah, it's been a bunch. A lot of Mexican street vendors are being attacked. Randomly. Really, it's been a very consistent thing. Wow. Where's this at? Where's this at? Where yeah. they getting attacked at? L.A. Well, LA. Yeah, L.A. Mostly L.A. You know, Orange County area. Well, yeah, that's horrible. And, you know, somebody needs to, 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 to hold that down. I hope I want them street vendors to be able to protect themselves. All they need is a hammer. Y'all can't carry in California, right? No. No, they can't. I mean, I, I've been seeing some, like, there's some couple pages of Mexican pages that supposedly, you know, you got these guys walking around with the street vendors and stuff like that. But, I mean, that doesn't really do anything. You know, I, I would just, like, people of power to talk about it or something, you know? Yeah, and what do they get out of that? It's not like street vendors got a whole bunch of money on them. 
Man, that's what I'm saying. You know, violence. Well, racism. I, I hope the next person that runs up on the street vendor, especially an older person, old lady, old man, gets shot. <laughs> well, man, I just wanted to say, though, I really appreciate you guys. You guys really gave me through thank my you. long nights of work. But I'm sure you're at work right now. You guys motivate me. You can envy your really All that, man. It's crazy, man. You guys really inspired me. Well, thank you so much, oh, man. Brother. We're going to be out in L.A. soon, too. So have a good weekend, brother. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need the vent, you can hit us up. Now, Yee, we got rumors on the way? Yes, and let's talk about Big Sean and his mom. They're launching a video series. We'll tell you what that's about. All right, we'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Rumor Report. Rumor Report. This is The Rumor Report. Talk to him. With Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, Big Sean and his mother, Myra Anderson, have announced that they are doing a weekly video series dedicated to wellness, and that's from Mental Health Awareness Month. According to Page Six, the episodes will be between 10 to 15 minutes each, and it will feature both of them discussing free or low-cost techniques that will help you attain and maintain emotional balance. So you can see that every Saturday throughout Mental Health Awareness Month on the Sean Anderson Foundation website and on his Instagram and on their Instagram page. I love it. The only way we're going to eradicate the stigma around mental health is to continue to tell our story. So salute to my guy, Big Sean, and his mother. Dropping the clues bombs for Big Sean, damn it. So that first episode is tomorrow. Again, if you want to tune in and check that out. All right, now T-Pain was on TikTok and he explained that he just found out that he had all these DMs on Instagram. When, when the request folder actually first happened, I went there before, I actually knew about it. I went there before and it was just all thousands and thousands of messages just like, can I bring you a drink? So I, immediately I was like, okay, never going back there again. And then I hired my, uh, I hired my social media manager. And then uh, a couple of days ago, he was like, yo, you ever check your request folder? And I was like, I mean, I, I've been there before, but it's just like all corny by your drinking bartender jokes. I'm not going back in that mother. And he was like, dude, no, it's not. <laughs> what am I laughing? I just did it and I, I have never, I just did it and I seen all the people that hit me too. I just, I just don't. I don't ever check my, my Instagram DMs. DMs on purpose. But there's mad people in there, but I just, like, I'm looking now, I'm like, damn, I should have hit them back. Oh, damn, they hit me, but I just don't go. My assistant goes in there to get business, but I don't. Yeah, there could be some good things in there. In his uh, folder, we saw there was Fergie, Viola Davis, Diplo, Kerry uh, Hilson, YBN Namir. So he is hitting people back now. My request, <laughs> my request on Instagram say 99 plus because I don't ever check them. But I mean, that's what you have a business email, email for in your bio, right? When people want to do business with you, they get the business email. Yeah, but sometimes it's easier to go on DM. Like, let's say an artist don't have your number. Be like, you know what? Let me just hit Charlamagne. Yo, Charlamagne, I need you for something. But that's, it's a lot of that. Oh, yo, Charlamagne, I heard this. Yeah, but don't assume, don't assume that I check my DMs. I don't. For my own mental health, I don't be all in my DMs. And plus, this is just too much. Most people do. Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of collabs have come about because of DM. You know, people, oh, such and such hit me up in a DM. Mm -mm. I couldn't believe it was them. So I'll be there all day. I think that's good. And it's a good way to verify, too, if the person is, you know, obviously that coming from their account, you can see the check and you're like, okay, that's a real one. You be there all so. day going through thousands and thousands of DMs. Ain't nobody got time for that. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think you get thousands every day, but if you keep up on it, you can just go through it every day. All right, now, Dr. Dre has been ordered to pay $500,000 to his estranged wife for her legal fees. It's only 10% of the $5 million that she is demanding from him. And they also, right now, are officially single. So what that means is while they are trying to work through this divorce, they can actually, if they have the option, to remarry in the future while this divorce process goes on. So legally, they are now single. Why do I got to pay your legal fees in a divorce? If you file for divorce against me, you, why do I got to pay for your legal fees? You the one wanting to divorce me. Pay for your own your own weight. You know how they say you got to, uh, what is it, pay your own way? You got to pay your own way. Why well, do I married and she fees? wasn't working and she was holding down the kids while he was working. So she had a job and her job was maintaining the house and maintaining the kids. So It, it feels like you're paying somebody to shoot you. That's what it feels nah, it's, like. It's, it's both. Yeah. It's both your money, honestly. No, it's and not. I, I feel That's like why they we both, I feel like they the both proof want is not both our money. <laughs> you said what? All right, now I said I feel like they both want a divorce. That's it's right. Not that she just wants it. So pay for yours. I'll pay for mine. Yeah, uh, anyway, Joe Rogan is walking back some of his COVID nineteen comments that he made. If y'all recall, he said this about getting vaccinated. Mm hmm. We don't have that. All right, yet. we don't have it. Uh, we don't have it. All right. Well, forget that. What a, what a, uh, now, every hour, we are going to be doing some DJ Khaled stories. Of course and we are. And so, yes, we are. Every hour on the hour. Stories? So Hold on. So we're doing about... songs and stories? Yes. yes. Now, that's a new one to the iHeart Stimulus Package. I never heard the stories part. Go. Well, I, I made this one up today, this morning, to go okay. along with us playing the songs every hour. And since we are about to get into this song, DJ Khaled announced via Twitter and Instagram that Cardi B did send her vocals for the new album. So, of course, everybody was excited about that. Cardi B vocals is in 101%. And then he said, Jamie, update the track list now. Khaled, Khaled, tonight, midnight, I'm going to give you a light show. And here's what happened. I didn't thought I was going to make the record, to be honest with you. Like, I got the beat before yesterday. And yes, I wrote the record. And I was just like brainstorming, brainstorming, brainstorming. Like, what the f***? Because one thing I've been really insecure about is my accent. So I was making sure that everything is mixed right. Literally, like I think Khaled got the song today at 7 a.m. my time. It's just a little something, something to hold y'all up until I release my next project and my next anything that I'm doing. I'm doing a, a whole bunch of things. Why is Cardi B insecure about her accent? People love her accent. Millions and millions of people have gravitated towards Cardi B because of who Cardi B is. Why is she insecure about her accent now? Cardi, you have no reason to be insecure about your accent. Do not let these digital D-heads on social media get to you. Okay? Jesus. All right, well, let's get into some DJ Khaled. Yeah, this not, is my joint. This no, is the, the Nas Jay-Z joint, this, right? Y'all not going to tell me this is not part of the package. I don't believe y'all just did I this out of the goodness of your heart. I we were doing Big Paper featuring Cardi B right now. So y'all just did this because y'all want to do this. Which one y'all doing? We're doing, doing that. We're doing it. We we'll play top of the hour. Which we'll one? get into it. Big paper. Big paper. We'll Cardi B. Party. Big paper. All right, let's get into it. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Mountain Dew is partnering with HBCUs in an effort to uplift the next generation of badass black innovators and entrepreneurs with the Real Change Opportunity Fund Pitch Competition, empowering students to go out and do. Visit MountainDew.com/slash/realchange to enter. Where we starting, ye? Well, Rudy Giuliani, they raided his home and his office, and he went on his radio show to talk about what led the FBI to uh, to conduct this raid and what happened. Here's what he said happened during the raid. About 6 o'clock in the morning, there was a big bang, bang, bang on the door, 
And outside were seven FBI agents with a warrant. And I said, you know, this is extraordinary because I've offered to give these to the government and talk it over with the government for two years. The agents seemed somewhat apologetic, I might say. They were very, very professional and very gentlemanly. The only time they got perturbed is at the end of the surge, when they had taken about, I'd say, seven or eight electronic items of mine, which is what they took. They weren't taking the three hard drives. I said, well, don't you want these? And they said, what are they? I said, those are Hunter Biden's hard drives. And they said, no, 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 no. We don't even know what they are looking for with Rudy Giuliani. If Rudy was any other race uh, other than white, we would know exactly why they was there. Like, we would know. Well, he's going to... Don't worry, we're going to get to that. And he also said that the warrant was illegal. That warrant is completely illegal. The only way you can get a search warrant is if you can show that there's some evidence that the person is going to destroy the evidence or is going to run away with the evidence. Well, I've had it for two years and I haven't destroyed it. And they also got it from the iCloud. So there is no justification for that warrant. It is an illegal, unconstitutional warrant. And why does Rudy have Hunter Biden's hard drive? He was joking. He was joking. Oh. He keeps saying, stop looking at my hard drive. Go to Hunter Biden. So I guess he was joking. Oh, okay, okay. And in addition to that, this is what the basis of the warrant is, according to Rudy Giuliani. The search warrant is purportedly based on one single failure to file for representing a Ukrainian national or official that I never represented. So he's saying he didn't file as a foreign agent prior to dealing with Ukraine, and he said that is false. So why hasn't the FBI what, made uh, made it public why they raided Rudy Giuliani's house, though? I really feel like if he was any other race, we would know exactly why they were in there. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in addition to that, by the way, since you know this was in Manhattan, you know New York is back open on July 1st. They're going to fully reopen. Just giving y'all that it was. But what, is, was what is, the, but what does that mean? Like mm-hmm. fully open? Does that mean a hundred percent capacity at restaurants? A hundred percent capacity at venues, bars, and clubs open? Like, what does fully open mean? Like, no social. What does it mean? Well, the stores, businesses, um, you know, offices, theaters—they're going to be able to operate at full strength. So full capacity. We open. We 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 lit. We back open and popping. Everything's open. hundred uh, percent. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a I'm a cancer. <laughs> So I'm a July homebody. 1st, though. It's not till July 1st, so it's not right now. I won't even notice. I won't even notice if the city's open or not, because I'll be home. Well, formerly it was the COVID-19 epicenter, so right now they're on track to reopen. But there's still time, because think about it. It's only, is it May yet? It's May tomorrow? May tomorrow. Yeah, so we still have a, yeah, we still got a couple of months. So if anything crazy happens, I'm sure they'll shut it back down again. But now if we keep on going on track like we are, we'll be back open July 1st. Now you can go back to Broadway, go to the theaters, tourism. So that's a big deal. I mean, I love the fact that people are going to be able to get back to work, especially Broadway and entertainment in New York City, because they've been shut. And New York is kind of built off of entertainment, you know. So the fact that they can get back to work, I'm happy for that. Yeah, but just because you open don't mean that people are going to, um, you know, start frequenting your, your functions and your venues. People are still going to be a little leery, you know. I think they're going to come out. Like you look at some of those towns like your Atlanta, like your Texas, like those towns, uh, people are coming out. They never closed. They did close so, a little so, bit. So they yeah. wear, wear a life. Yeah, in the beginning. They be, they no, in the beginning. In the beginning, they closed. I don't, think, I don't think Florida ever closed. <laughs> well, that is your front page news. All right. Thank you, Miss E. Now, when we come back, Dawn Dixon will be joining us. She's an entrepreneur. She, uh, I would she say works she, in tech. 
She works in tech, but she also helps other women and other minorities in tech get the money that they need. So we're going to talk to her. And if you're in tech or you're curious about tech, this is a conversation for you. So don't move. Dawn Dixon, when we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest in the building. That's right. Dawn Dixon, welcome back. Good morning. Good morning, morning. Dawn. You, you know how hot you got us among all the entrepreneurs? I know. It's like, you know how many people hit me up with uh, that had startups after you was on the first time? I wasn't. I don't know what happened. I wasn't paying no attention. What happened? Man, the viral effect. Your audience is amazing. And after I came on and talked about my crowdfunding campaign, mm-hmm. what, two years ago, it went viral. And I became the first female founder to, to, to raise over a million dollars. It was because wow. of you guys. It went viral because of you guys. That's you. So it's really just your whole audience. That is so amazing because I want to say when I first met Dawn, she was no joke. She was, listen, I was on, and I said this before, I was at a restaurant. You popped up because I said I was there. <laughs> you were like, here's some of my flat out hills and look at you. Like, that's just amazing because I love when I see people who are so guy. passionate about a product that they have and it might take a while to get to where you got to. Yeah. Like, how long ago did you start that? Flat out is 10 years old this month. Wow. Yes. So that was probably eight years ago when I first met you. So how long did it take for you to turn a profit from that? Well, let's see. It took about two years to break even. You mm-hmm. know, I had to put a lot into research and development. Of course, getting a product made, I'm making them in China. So it took about two years, but we've been profitable for eight years now. And that's great. And now we're just really trying to, to scale it and grow it with the vending machines now. That was the original idea. It took me forever. I started Popcom because mm-hmm. of Flat Out. And now our second flat out machine is, went live last night in Dallas in Yay. a mall. So it's, yeah, today's a big day for entrepreneurs today. Yeah, I so, know. Like yourself. You're good yeah. luck to me, too. So I just want to thank you, Dawn, no, for coming up you. here. But <laughs> so, let's so, talk about okay. the vending machines. And if you can explain to people uh, the idea that you had and how it's been flourishing since. Yeah. So the original idea was, you know, 10 years ago, I'm in the club. My feet hurt from wearing heels. Mm-hmm. I said, we need, you know, a way to rescue our feet. And so I said, I'm going to put some flats in vending machines. But after I did that in Club Live and in Atlanta Airport and MGM Casino, I realized that in order to really grow this business, I needed software, I needed technology. Mm-hmm. And so I started Popcom, which was the business that I came on and talked about before as well, to really build the software and the technology to drive the machines, make them smarter, make them more intelligent, use facial recognition, blockchain, and really, now anybody can sell anything in these machines so it's flat out flat out has two machines live now but we have an alcohol customer a cannabis customer we have 20 customers selling everything from you know food to jewelry to t-shirts to to alcohol how has the pandemic affected you has it been good or bad because a lot of the venues have been closed people been off their feet yeah Mm -hmm. you know what the the pandemic really um we had to pivot but that gave us the opportunity to go back and re-engineer the product to make it better. So we didn't launch last year like we were supposed to as far as having them out in 20 venues. But we did some important things like bring our supply chain from China to the United States, which was a big deal. We re-engineered the machines and the material so now you can use them with gloves or a pen or a stylus. You don't have to touch the machines. Mm-hmm. You don't. So that's like a COVID protection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we really added a new business model, too. We, had a, we added a leasing model. So now retailers are signing up so fast because they don't have to buy the machine anymore. So COVID did set us back, but it really set us back for the, for the takeoff. Mm-hmm. You know, gotcha. it mm-hmm. gave us time to not have to rush and to really meet the demand of the public better. Do you think that's where it's always going to stay in the vending machines? Or do you think it'll ever be like its own product? 
So flat outs, they're sold online and in stores and in vending machines. Mm -hmm. But for Popcom, we're a software company, so we're really here for our retail. I'm just telling Angela, yeah, that information is so valuable, mm -hmm. right, too, for any company to have to be able to get all of that. That's what's really valuable, too, not just having the machines, but having your customer profiles. That's available. Yeah. And yes, I have my press juices, drink press juice. And the first thing I thought when we relaunched the juices was I got to talk to Dawn when I get to that point about getting these machines done, because I think that would be great for like sporting venues and places Airports. like that and malls to be I able mean, to put that in those machines. And your machines look different, too. They do. So they they count traffic. They tell you how many people walk by. They tell you conversion rates, if the person is male or female. Um, how long they spend there, and then that goes all into the dashboard. It's kind of like Google Analytics does. But for the consumer, it's the same experience. They go up to it. It's very fast. They shop. The product comes out and delivers ads and really a customized, targeted experience. Now, what do you do if you get a, uh, something from a vending machine and you would need to bring it back? Because you can't put it back in the vending yes. machine. Same that thing as e-commerce. You send it back. But we, we are building, and they do have some coming-to-market return machines. So you literally can just put the product and deposit it back in there. So that's coming. But automation is growing. People are going to be just returning empty stuff. How are we going to? And they're saying somebody stole Ooh, it. don't say that. <laughs> but that's the thing. When you do things like that, you have to calibrate it for weight. So like when you return it, you have to know the weight. And of course, people are always coming up with some type you of know trickery. It. And, it but the thing about having the machine is we know who you are. You have to put right. your card in. So if you try it and try to scam us, we're going to just swipe your card. Now, so it, it was also a big year for you last year because you got married. I did. So congratulations. congratulations. I'm, I'm a newlywed. I got married on March 16th the day the world shut down. We were wow. like, hey, we're just going to ride this out. We don't know what's about to happen, <laughs> wow. but we're getting married. And congrats on your daughter, too. I see she's graduating at 16. My daughter, yeah, she finished high school at 16. She's homeschooled. So I'm I'm really an outlier. I took my kid out of school in second grade and homeschooled her. And wow. She graduated early, and now she's headed to art school. So what made you do I'm that? Because really I, I think about that all the time. I always think about, do I want white folks teaching my kids? You know, honestly, it's the system. What triggered me was I said, I don't want my daughter going to any school that celebrates Columbus Day because mm. they're lying to her. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of our kids, their identity is, is taken away in these schools. I mean, I really feel like schools, and even though I'm a public school graduate and all of that, I feel like schools are just factories for workers. They don't really encourage entrepreneurship, independent thinking. Mm -hmm. They don't share our history. And I just said, you know, let me try something different and take her out and unschool her. Mm -hmm. And so I'm also writing an ebook about this too because <laughs> when I posted that post, it just went viral also. And everybody's asking me, how can they go about homeschooling? And now you see everyone's home anyway right. because of mm -hmm. COVID. And so parents are realizing, like, okay, I can do this. But again, I'm a busy entrepreneur. She was not home every day, all day. She went to co ops, you know, private teachers and tutors and programs. But she's so well rounded. And I I'm very grateful that I stuck with it. How so was she socially? She's very social again she went to co-op so every day she would go with other homeschool kids it'd be like 50 or more kids okay she oh so did, she still had a social yeah, life girl and still scouts had and camps and, yeah. and after school programs at ymca i just made sure that she you know wasn't that awkward at home kid that, that the stereotype tells us but um she learns everything she was balancing a checkbook at six years old she knows <laughs> how to you know the things that we don't learn in right. school the things that we need to know how to function mm -hmm. in this mm -hmm. world she can do those things and i i feel really Stop. um it was a chance you know i was taking a risk it could have went either way right. absolutely and it worked out all right we got more with dawn dixon when we come back don't move it's the breakfast club good morning morning everybody it's dj envy angela Yee, charlamagne the guy we are the breakfast club we're still kicking it with dawn dixon charlamagne i want to 
ask you something about entrepreneurship. How do you how do you figure out if an idea is worth pursuing and, and launching? I do market research. I, I say, you know, can this make money? Because the point of being in business, we mm-hmm. if you just want to do a hobby, that's a hobby. Is this going to make money? Is this scalable? How much do I have to put into it as far as money and time? Um, I love being independent and, and being, you know, remote and traveling. So if I got to be there in person, I don't think that's for me. So it has to just really make sense. It has to be a market for it, a demand, and I have to be able to differentiate my product or service from everybody else's. And once I find that mix, I, I run with it. When it comes to investing, there's a lot of people who are like, okay, I want to invest in something. How do you determine whether something's a good investment? So I am an angel investor myself. I've invested in 15 companies over the past couple of years. And it goes back to just what I think about when I'm starting a business. Is this scalable? How's it going to make money? How are they going to return my money? You know, so people sometimes think, oh, investors, they, they, they're they helping me. And this is not a favor. They want it back. So if I can be sure how I'm going to get this money back, do they have a solid founder, a solid plan, go-to-market strategy, do they have a customer base? Then then I'll invest because it's a numbers game. You know, I put out a lot of money. It's not going to all come back, but a couple of things are going to hit really big and mm-hmm. then it'll balance it out. Mm-hmm. And that's, we can't be scared to let that money go. We got to put it to work. The banks aren't going to make money for us right. sending it in the bank. So I just take my money and spread it out and see where it I always say that too. If there's too much money in the bank, I'm not doing something right because you mm-hmm. have to have your money out working or you else have to have just it sitting there making $3 a month. What are your thoughts on like crowdfunding? Like when I think of crowdfunding, I always think it's a one-time thing, but you said you constantly do it. Yeah, so after I came here, and we broke the, the record and oversubscribed, so I did another round. So I raised a million again in 2020, and that oversubscribed, so now I'm raising again. It just keeps carrying over. Mm-hmm. So we're, we have active uh, rounds open for Popcom now, and then Flat Out of Heels has a round open on Start Engine. So crowdfunding is a way to continue to capitalize your business. You don't have to go to banks. You don't have to go to venture capital if you don't want to. I mean, mm-hmm. I do have a mix. I have venture capital dollars, and I have now 3.5 million from crowdfunding when i came here that day i had like mm-hmm. 200,000 nice. so wow. i mean again thank you for your using your platform but as you see since i did that so many other people have been able to to raise money and i think it's because this platform here the breakfast club increased awareness to people that you can invest in things outside of new york stock exchange outside of the nasdaq that are early stage companies and you know my friend isaac was on here isaac Don, Hayes, yeah, the third. and they're killing it you know how do you determine if you have a company if you want to take money from a venture capitalist are there times when you're willing to give up a percentage of your company because i know ownership is really important to us but when do you say okay i don't mind giving up 20% for this investment. It has to be what they're bringing to the table. If they're going to, if you give up 20% and they're going to get you business, they're going to help you grow your team, they're going to give you money, it makes sense. I would never give up 20% of my business in one in one take. It just doesn't make sense for me. But I think you have to always weigh what are you going to get for that and what are the terms. Terms are very important. You know, people often confuse equity with control Mm -hmm. and you always have to make sure you keep control even Mm -hmm. if you sell equity and you get people have shares in it you can't give up the control where you make the ultimate decisions so that comes in the kind of shares that you issue so a lot of black people are scared like i don't want anybody to take over my company you can still have people own 50 percent of your business but if you have majority control like a mark zuckerberg he'll never get voted out of facebook he Mm -hmm. has all of the control they can't kick him out if you build your 
operating agreement to where you maintain control in your shares, then you can still take money. So that's the important part, equity versus control. What if Cardi B was like, okay, I love flatter heels <laughs> and you know I'm always wearing my heels and I love these and I want, you know, I want to invest but and I'll also be an ambassador but I want 20%. Would that be something you would entertain? Cardi Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because you can understand that right. will blow it up. Yeah, and it will get... blow it up. So it's like mm -hmm. it, it'll turn the business. I mean, you know, like she said, they got something to sell. They say my name, say my name. Yes, I got something to sell. <laughs> so people will buy it and it will increase the brand value. So if someone can come in your brand and increase the value of your business quickly, again, Absolutely having 10% or, you know, 100% of of one thing versus 10% of a big value. Mm -hmm. So if you're increasing the overall value of my business, I still don't lose. Do you ever start a company with the intent to sell it? I'm selling all of my businesses. Okay. Right. You know, I feel like my greater impact is creating generational wealth, being able to exit and being able to reinvest in the communities and to people. And I need liquid to do that. So I'm selling all of them. That's Does the part people you? don't talk about. Because yeah. they yeah. always want to have conversations about equity. But then when somebody sells a portion of their business, sell their business, oh, they're a sellout, they're a sellout. You need the capital. You need the capital to do more things. That's right. Does it doesn't matter who you sell it to. It does matter who I sell it to. I, I definitely will sell it to someone that will continue the vision and definitely be able to represent what I've built. But at the same time, you, you can't control it once you give it up. What's more important to me is my now 5,000 investors seeing liquidity for them. And my dream is to have the largest black wealth creation event in history because when I exit my company, all of these people that invested will exit along with me and that'll be an influx of capital into the community. And that's more important to me than having a business that I'm holding on to that's right. worth a billion dollars, but no one else is making money. How do businesses qualify to be featured in Pop Shop Vending Machine? It's a program called Pop Shop Local. They go to our website, popcom.shop, and they can apply. And we're looking for um, retailers in 12 markets right now and they lease it it's $500 a month it's we place it we we do all the work for them and our, our goal is really to help the retailers that were hurting last year to get back out there and get into new places and get more exposure and really be a pipeline to help smaller brands expand and grow nationally and internationally using our vending machines you, you said you got 5,000 investors so do you get people equity in Yes. And see, that's what Isaac does. And I think that's so smart. Yes. And I think that's why people support y'all so much. Like, I think that's the difference between what y'all do as opposed to some people who just say, hey, give me some money so I can get my business going. Yeah, that's the key. People want something for it. Everybody mm -hmm. is always looking out for their best interest first. So why not make it an offer they can't refuse? So, yes, we definitely give equity. Um, but I have the control. I have mm -hmm. I have 100% of the voting shares. I have a board. So we, you know, I, I don't abuse my power. <laughs> but um, I have the control. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I, I do monthly updates. My investors are very happy. But, yeah, we're at about 5,000 right now um, and 3.5 million raised. And we're still raising. We're raising another 2 million right now. Do you put a cap on it at some point? Yes, I'm stopping it at 4 million. So it's at 1.3 million today, last time I checked. So I'm stopping it at 4 million and... You know, it's important for me to open up my business for the community because, like I said, it's early stage investment. When I came here the first time, my company was worth $8 million. Now it's worth $32 million. So all wow. those people that invested then, they they already are growing. They're, wow. they're, they're gaining. And we are only have two machines in the market. We have 20 more coming out. So if anyone understands business valuation, as your revenue grows, the value of your company increases, the value of your shares increases, the shareholders 
you know, they they walk away happy. So that's my goal. Let me buy some shares before we add this in. That's right. Before we add this energy to the world. You know? Yes, I told you that last time. You know, you would have doubled, tripled your investment by now. So how can people donate if they want not, not donate but invest? How can they invest? What what site can they go to? Definitely. Now? So they can go to startengine.com forward slash popcom to invest in the technology side, the vending machine side. And if they're interested in fashion and flat out, Flat Out has a campaign too. Startengine.com forward slash flat out. Is they there a minimum? Cash the minimum investment for Popcom is 250 and the minimum for Flat Out is 160 So easy. You know, a pair of Nikes, you can have some equity. Dollars? $160. Okay. $160. Hey, $90. Man, hey, you're $10 million. Yes, $250. Okay. Max is $5 million. And next yes. time you come, we're going to have our Drink Fest juice and we're going to have oh, the Popcom vending machine. Yes. I'm already thinking about where we're going to put it. It's going to be amazing. And we'll help you. We could put, I think hotels will love it too. Um, hotels are letting us have free placement because they see it as an amenity. As of course, the hotel gift shops are closed, the restaurants are closed. So if anyone has like a really good juice or a good snack that you can put in a machine, mm -hmm. hotels need these things. Absolutely. Well, thank right. you for Get joining us, us this morning. Always a pleasure. Thank you and for I'm having gonna me. And I'm going to invest today before this interview Let's do ends it. tomorrow. Good. Yes. <laughs> please invest. All right. Well, it's Dawn Dixon. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning. Happy Friday. Happy, Happy Friday. damn Friday, man. What y'all got planned for the weekend? Anything good? Uh, I'm going to be in Detroit because I have my wholesale day at my store, Private Label Extensions on 8 Mile and Dequinder. Okay. So if you are in Detroit and you want to come out and buy some bundles, some wigs, some extensions, some lashes, whatever, we got you. Okay, you'll be in the D. I'm sure Envy will be on one. What you got planned this weekend, Envy? Uh, no, no D this weekend. Actually, I'm going to uh, be in Tampa. Uh, shout out to everybody out in Tampa. The Bucks! Uh, mm. 7th and Grove is a, it's a club, uh, a restaurant that I'm going to be uh, at. It's one of the only black-owned restaurant and bars out there, so I'll be out there supporting them 7th and Grove this weekend. And then, of course, Sunday in New Jersey is my real estate seminar where we try to teach our community how to get into the real estate game, whether it's purchasing their first crib or purchasing an investment property. And we bring everybody there. So we bring credit repair, lenders, real estate agents, hard money lenders, everything that you need to purchase a first crib, we bring it to you. So that okay. way you don't have to look for it. You don't have to pay ridiculous costs. They're there to talk to you. So that's what we do on the weekend. What about you? I don't have anything that exciting, man. I'm just excited that um, we're about 12 days away uh, from Tamika Mallory's State of Emergency, How mm -hmm. to Win in the Country We Built. Uh, it's her first book. Um, it's the first book released on my book imprint, uh, Black Privilege Publishing, uh, on Atria Simon and Schuster. So I'm just excited about that, man. I'm excited for everybody that's been pre-ordering her book. And I just can't wait for it to hit stores. I can't wait for, you know, y'all to get this information that Tamika Absolutely. Mallory has put in these pages of uh, State of Emergency, How to Win in the Country We Built. So make sure y'all go pre-order that. She's gonna... Mm -hmm. I know she's going to come on The Breakfast Club, right? She'll be on The Breakfast Club the day of. Mm. Yeah. Yes, she is. That's doop, 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 doop. All mm -hmm. right. Well, we got rumors on the way. What are we talking about? Well, let's talk about the City Girls. They were on Respectfully Justin. And let's talk about how much should a man spend on a first date. All right. We'll get the into that next. The bar is high after this interview. The bar is high after this interview, guys. It's The Breakfast Club. Come on. It's this is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club.
Well, the City Girls were on Respectfully Justin, and one of the things that they talked about, Young Miami was discussing how when she first started Southside, he took her furniture shopping. Listen to this. I ain't gonna lie. I went to home now, y'all. It's the first day. Like, take me, take me shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me to the club. Give me some ones. And like, you've been on me forever. Oh. <laughs> Impress me. That's the first day? Yeah. So what a first date would you cost? Well, when I first got my baby daddy, he took me to the furniture store. And my furniture at that time came with like 50000 because I had like a little townhouse. What's the problem? Southside wow. acting. Southside thousand on the first date. Let's go. Southside acting his wage. You can't say let's go because everybody got to act their wage. <laughs> Southside got that kind of oh, money. Let's go. If you a person that don't have fifty thousand dollars, you know you act your wage. You spend what you can spend. Southside was acting his wage. That's not a that's not a generalization for all men now. Okay, that's no, Southside. Bar is high now. No, it's not. That's for Southside. He's rich. <laughs> that's for people who got money. Not 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 regular uh. Joes. So what do you think is the average amount of money you should spend on the first date? Whatever you can afford. Yeah, Act your whatever wage. Whatever you can afford, absolutely. Act your okay. wage. Okay, all right. Uh, now, JT is dating Lil Uzi Vert, as you know, and here's what she had to say about her boo. I have a good man. Like, I didn't even know he was a good man. I was with him for, like, almost two years before I found so out he was a good man. So you thought he was a <laughs> before you found out he was what? a good man? <laughs> and I have a good man. Like, he bring me flowers. He remembers <laughs> that I say I want. What's his son? He a Leo. Don't look at my man, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about Leos, but you know what I'm saying? You might want to get you a Leo. You might want to get you a Leo. They might test you at first. What does a test with a Leo look like? Um, he trying my patience. Why lot. you smile so much? <laughs> Why you smile while you talk about him? You really love that man. Yeah. Okay, city girls. You know what I was thinking about too, man? I was thinking about like when I lived in Columbia, South Carolina, and I had to, uh, I bought a furniture set from this furniture store, and it was a thousand dollars. And I had to make <laughs> and I had to make payments on it, a hundred dollars a month. So I'm just simply saying, everybody act their wage because a thousand dollar furniture set. You still thinking about that? I we am. done he moved on. I am. I am. I am. We moved on. I feel on. like you. I feel Sorry. like I feel like you shame people with regular pockets just a little bit, just a tad, you know. Yeah, fifty thousand. That's what it should be. No, it's what? not. What are you talking? about? Some people make that a year. I'm just saying this to get you upset. Just calm down, okay? Yeah, my first, my, I think my first date <laughs> was really like upset. that. He's really upset. Red Lobster, Tony his, Romo's. His head is shining. No, 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 I'm not upset. I'm just, you know, I'm, I don't want a regular pocket shame. That's all. Just calm down, Charlamagne. Calm <laughs> down. <laughs> all right, now, Tiana Taylor is talking about why she retired. She was on Cam Newton's Sip and Smoke interview series, and she was saying, and of course, it was shocking to us when she said she wanted to retire because... She's a really dope artist when it comes to everything, when it comes to acting, dancing, uh, performing, sing, all of that. So here's what she had to say about why she felt like she needed to retire. I put in a lot of work. So if you feel unheard and unseen, I take that serious with everything that I do. So if you're my husband or I'm signed to do that, everybody that I'm aligned with should see me, they should hear me, they should feel me. Mm -hmm. And if you don't see me, hear me, or feel me, it's a dub for you. And I felt like, you know, the label wasn't really hearing me and mm -hmm. seeing me. I felt underappreciated. It's mm -hmm. not that I retired permanently. It's more like, you know, I just don't feel like I want to move another inch for mm -hmm. a company. But that ain't pulling in your same direction. That's what I'm saying. Now, is that good music or Def Jam or both? Probably both. Um, I think, you know, at some point you have to uh, appreciate what, what, what God has given you. Do I feel like labels have dropped the ball on Tiana Taylor? Absolutely. Is Tiana Taylor still a star? A hundred percent. Tiana Taylor has a great well, career. She makes a great living. We know she's super talented. 
you know, it just it just hasn't happened yet for whatever reason. But even that sounds well, crazy to say it hasn't happened yet. It has she's happened achieved a lot. Yeah, she is. has achieved a lot has. more success than the average person exactly. that's in the music business. So I want to say that. And at least she said she's not retired permanently. Yeah, I wonder who she's All comparing right. herself to. You know what I mean? Because if you're if she's comparing herself to other people, you're comparing yourself to the Rihannas and the Beyonce's. Like there's only two of them. But Tiana has a great career. She does. But you know what? It is that she puts out these songs and these <laughs> videos that should be bigger than what they do become. Right, like I they agree. they get the uh-huh. buzz, but it it feels like it should be. That that's I, a agree. Hit. I agree. And then you're like, "Where's the disconnect?" Definitely All right, a disconnect. now now let's talk about Fifty Cent and Ja Rule. Of course, Fifty Cent has something to say about this. There was a story saying that Ja Rule and his wife are being sued by the IRS, reportedly for three million dollars, and that is for a tax debt that's spanning twelve years. Of course, Fifty Cent posted and said, "You got to pay your taxes, fool." He just can't. I was, a, and you know what's crazy and it's sad. Every time you see something like that, you know Fifty's gonna have something to say. Like you see the Ja Rule story, and you're like, "What's Fifty about to say?" I be feeling Fifty because Fifty's a cancer like me, and something had Fifty triggered yesterday. I don't know what Fifty saw yesterday that had him thinking of F Murder Inc., but he posted about Ja Rule and Irv Gotti yesterday. <laughs> something triggered him. I'm like, something I'm, triggered him yesterday. I'm the same way. You know, you just be cooling out, and then all of a sudden you just see something from one of your enemies, and you're like, "Oh!" And you know. You just feel like jabbing a little bit. That's who you all. have enemies? Who, who you jab at, boo boo? I don't have no enemies. Well, I have enemies, but <laughs> they're not my enemies. What do you? They don't like me. Okay. Okay. Calm all right. Down. Now Did let's talk yourself? about every single hour. DJ Khaled. You know his album Khaled. Khaled is out today, and in a tribute to the the collaboration with Jay Z and Nas. Sorry, not sorry. Jay Z went on title and did a playlist filled with his favorite Nas songs as a salute to Nas. So that's pretty dope. And we're about I'm, to play that now, th- right? Th- this, this is a new uh, uh, component of the iHeart I Stimulus Package for Khaled. <laughs> I've never heard the Angela Yee stories into the song. This is new. <laughs> I like it. Because it like sounds it? organic. I like okay. it. It is a. It actually is organic. No, I decided to do it this morning. No, no, I swear no, it's it not. is. Come on, stop. Yeah, stop. <laughs> it, it is Let's when get we this say we're on, playing man. them every hour and there are stories that go with some of the songs we're playing so I figured it just makes sense okay. alright well, let's get it on it's uh, Khaled's featuring Nas and Jay-Z off that album you can stream it right now we're gonna play top of the hour Khaled. and then, and then Charlamagne who you giving that donkey to <sighs> we need South Carolina Senator Tim Scott and Madam Vice President Kamala Harris to come to the front of the congregation we like to have a word with both Kamala of Harris really yes, yes indeed all right. Anybody can get it up here. Mr. Breakfast Club, good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance understands that stuff happens, including lapses in auto coverage. At the General, they make it easy to get reinstated and will work with you to keep you covered. Call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com to find out more. Some restrictions apply. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Pee-haw, bitch. Yeah. It's time for Donkey of the Day. Mm-hmm. I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny sweet <laughs> say out his mouth. If you gotta say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That donk, 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 donk. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> the, the Breakfast Club, bitches. You can call me the Donkey of the Day, but like, I know you're well, donkey today for Friday, April 30th goes to South Carolina Senator Tim Scott and Madam, Madam Vice President Kamala Harris. Let the record show I know both these individuals. I actually enjoy both these individuals. I've done a couple of events with Tim Scott, sat up in his office on Capitol Hill, chopping it up with him. We've done lunch in the 843. Charleston dropping a clues bomb for the 843. Okay. 
I've done, I did several events with uh, Vice President Harris when she was running for president. I've been with Vice President Harris in Goose Creek, South Carolina, assisted her in unveiling her mental health plan. I've been with her at South Carolina State, quite a few places, okay? I've had on-air, off-air conversations with both of them. I actually would call both of them homies, okay? I enjoy both of them. Don't agree with all their politics, but as humans, the exchanges of energy I've had with them, uh, I, I like them. And that's why I'm so disappointed. Dare I say disgusted with both of them on this fine Friday morning. Now, the other night, President Joe Biden delivered his first address before a joint session of Congress. Uh, after that was over, Senator Tim Scott, the only black person in the Senate, gave a rebuttal on behalf of the GOP. And he got put on the social media skewer. I mean, they grilled and sauteed his ass, rightfully so, for these comments he made about race in America. Listen, I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives by liberals. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. A hundred years ago, kids in classrooms were taught the color of their skin was their most important characteristic. And if they looked a certain way, they were inferior. Today, kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. And if they look a certain way, they're an oppressor. From colleges to corporations to our culture, people are making money and gaining power by pretending we haven't made any progress at all. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. I disagree. Okay, but here's the interesting thing about Tim Scott's rebuttal. Clearly, Tim didn't get a hold of Joe Biden's speech beforehand because Biden didn't really focus on race. He didn't say America was a racist country. I mean, Biden is the same person that whenever there is blatant racism, he says, this is not America. I mean, but he didn't really focus on race in his speech. About an hour and some change into his speech, he spoke briefly about the death of George Floyd and how he wanted to rebuild trust between law enforcement and the people they serve. And Biden did say he wants to root out systemic racism and our criminal justice system. But that's about it. So for Tim Scott to take his ass on TV and tell all these white people that America is not a racist country is a slap in the face to all of us in the lower caste system. Tim, your West African ancestors who came through Gapson's uh, wharf and Charleston, South Carolina are rolling over in their shallow graves. Tim Scott said kids are being taught that the color of their skin defines them again. Tim, when did it stop? Okay. When has there been a time in America when people have not been defined by the color of their skin? Tim, you said progressives call you the N-word. You know why they call you the N-word? For no other reason than the color of your skin. I mean, it almost feels like discussing slavery, Jim Crow segregation, mass incarceration, the war on drugs, all the data and research that have extensively documented the ways in which black people are underrepresented in everything that matters and overrepresented in everything that's wrong. All the extensive data that documents the different treatment blacks experience, you know, uh, than whites, you know, it feels like even saying that is silly because you know that, okay? It's racial disparities in America and wealth, education, employment, homeownership, healthcare, incarceration, and it's all because of America's original racist sin, slavery. But Tim, you know that. You just on TV trying to appease Republican white voters, and that is exactly what our Madam Vice President Kamala Harris did yesterday, too. When she said virtually the same thing when she was asked about Tim Scott's comments on Good Morning America. Listen. 
First of all, no, I don't think America is a racist country, but we also do have to speak truth about the history of racism in our country and its, mm-hmm. and its existence today. And I, I applaud the president for always having the ability and the courage, frankly, to speak the truth about it. He spoke what we know from the intelligence community. One of the greatest threats to our national security is domestic terrorism manifested by white supremacists. And so these are issues that we must confront, and it does not help to heal our country to unify us as a people to ignore the realities of that. And the idea is that we want to unify the country, but not without um, speaking truth and, and requiring accountability as appropriate. Well, if you speak in truth, you can't start off by saying America is not a racist country, Vice President Harris. In my mind, I'm like, who on Vice President Harris's comms team is asleep at the wheel? I mean, you saw Tim Scott get barbecued for those same comments on social media. So if the VP, who is a woman of color, is doing interviews the next day, you know she's probably going to be asked about this. The one thing a comms team should have prepped her on is, VP Harris, whatever you do, don't say America is not a racist country. But I can't even really blame the comms team for this because no black person, no person of color who is not a tool for white supremacy should fail this question. When you black, the answer to is America a racist country should be one went be one answer. And you should channel your inner little John when you say it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and this is what disgusts me about this. I've had conversations with Vice President Harris. Well, not Vice President Harris, Senator Harris and, and Tim Scott. They both know systemic racism exists. Okay, they both know America is a racist country and they are choosing not to speak truth to power because they are playing politics. Vice President Harris, I know you're thinking about the future, but you're trying to appease a bunch of white voters who would never vote for you anyway. I will never understand why Democrats continue to seek the support of a group of people who would rather vote to keep their hierarchy and the caste system than to vote for what's right. Okay, trust me, Democrats, there are enough good white people in this country who are not racist, who are not bigots, who are not white nationalists, who will support y'all in every election. And if you do right by the oppressed and marginalized and stop voter suppression, you will always have a big enough take to win elections. Okay, did we not prove that with President Barack Obama? Did we not prove that with President Joe Biden? These comments that America is not a racist country make zero sense because both you and Tim out of one side of your mouth say America is not a racist country, but then Tim, you say this. In 2015, after the shooting of Walter Scott, I wrote a bill to fund body cameras. Mm. Last year, after the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, I built an even bigger police reform proposal, but my Democratic colleagues blocked it. Okay, Tim, why is your police reform named after a black person, Walter Scott? Why did you name two other black people, you know, in your speech? It's because black people are three times more likely than white people to be killed by police in some places in this country five times. Kamala, you said America is not a racist country, but then you go on to say we have to explain the history of racism in this country. Listen, because I know both of y'all stop the BS. OK, now is not the time for politics. People are dying. Tell the truth. Shame the white devil. I repeat this Zora Neale Hurston quote all the time because it's true. If you're silent about your pain, they will kill you and say you enjoyed it. Okay, Kamala, after Tim's rebuttal, you had an opportunity to be loud, loud about the pain black people are currently feeling and have felt in this country, but you chose to be silent. Okay, you could have said everything you said after saying America is not a racist country, and that would have been super solid. But when you say America is not a racist country, you make everything else null and void after that. Here's the moral of the story. The rhetoric y'all spewed this week has been getting us killed for years. This is why white folks think we be making stuff up in regards to racism. This is why some white folks don't think systemic racism is real, because our leaders 
And the highest seats in the land are telling them things like America is not a racist country. Nobody has to fix anything if our leaders are telling them it's not broken. If America is not a racist country, then what are we complaining about? What are we fighting to change if America is not a racist country? And if America is not a racist country, then why are all these negative things disproportionately happening to black people? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. Please give Senator Tim Scott and Vice President Kamala Harris the biggest hee-haw. And, All right. and the liberal hypocrisy is deafening because you have to keep the same energy for Senator Tim Scott that you keep for Vice President Kamala Harris. You have to. They said the same thing. All right. Well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, when we come back, uh, the City Girls, uh, they had some interesting to, uh, some things to say about guys with small packages. Let's hear. And you finally realize he isn't packing the way you thought he was. He love you. He's a good nigga. He really f*** with you. He's blowing the bag. He doing Listen, all he of just that. got the shrimp. That sh- blowing the bag. Good nigga, loyal. Just not where it need to be sexually. It's the first day. No, y'all, y'all, been, y'all been vibing. He treating you like a queen, spoiling. He might have put you on them jets you talk about. Um, and you find out he had the shrimp at the end. I'm a cheat. Mm. <laughs> I'm a cheat. I'm a cheat. Cause but, I, like, but you're gonna lock in with him, but still just cheat on him because he ain't doing what he needs to do. Yeah, from time to time. All right, well, let's open the phone up. 800-585-1051. What's the question, ye? You ain't gonna get me to ask this one. You know, you ask it. All right, ladies, what do you do if your man's or your boyfriend's (laughs) package is too small? Do you cheat? Fellas, let's say you, you know, what do you do if your man's package is too small? We'll talk to Charlemagne as well when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. It's Freaky Friday, goddamn. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. It's Friday, so you know what that means. It's Freaky, 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 freaky Friday. Friday. Yes. And today's Freaky, Freaky, Freaky Friday question comes from the City Girls. They were with uh, Justin LeBois on his show with uh, Justin as well. It's called, what is it called? Respectfully? Respectfully Justin. With Re- Justin LeBois Justin. and Justin Combs. And this is what they said. And you finally realize he isn't packing the way you thought he was. He love you. He's a good nigga. He really <laughs> f- with you. He's blowing the bag. He doing Listen, all he of just that. got the shrimp. That sh- blowing the bag. Good nigga, loyal. <laughs> just not where it need to be sexually. It's the first day. No, y'all, y'all, been, y'all been vibing. He treating you like a queen, spoiling. He might have put you on them jets you talk about. Um, and you find out he had the shrimp at the end. I'm a cheat. Mm. <laughs> I'm a cheat. I'm a cheat. Cause but, I, like, but you're going to lock in with him, but still just cheat on him because he ain't doing what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, from time to time. So we're asking 800-585-1051. What do you do if you, the person that you're talking to, their package is too small? Let's start with you, Yee. Um, well, first of all, I, I wouldn't be with somebody if I didn't want to, right? So if, if they were small, that means I made a decision to make that person my man. And if we're together, I guess I got to deal with it. He's got to be able to do other things, you know. And there's certain positions you can get into where you can actually make it more pleasurable for yourself. Because I have at one point in my life dated somebody who was really small. And it didn't last, but I didn't cheat. Mm. Now, what about you, Dramos and Charlamagne? And you kind of be really mad if somebody <laughs> cheats on you and they're small. You're like, how dare you? Right. What about you, Charlemagne or, or Dramos? You agree, you agree, Envy? You said right. Yeah, yeah, I know that's right. <laughs> you know that's right. right. You know that's right, huh, Dramos? That's right, Envy. When that, when that pee-pee's in your <laughs> it's up and it's stuck. I know that's right. 
And I do, I do find that men with smaller, I do find that men with smaller penises, like they kind of wait to have sex with you. They want to really befriend you first and like be real cool, and then that way you feel like a little bit more empathetic. Well, let the record show. This is your uncle Charlotte talking. I think this is so unfair. Uh, see, men can't do anything about having a small penis. You know, you can get Magna RX pills oh, or whatever, tricky. whatever tricky. penis enhancement <laughs> pills you can get. You can uh, do your stretching exercises, oh, but you can't do anything about the size of your penis. Okay, women can go out oh. and get enhancements to make themselves bigger. Guys cannot. Also, simply don't marry me if you don't like the size of my penis. If the pe if the size of my penis Damn. is that much of a deal breaker, where you're going to go out and do something that's going to cause me to divorce you anyway, don't marry me. Yelling. Oh my goodness, yeah, you triggered. Comment, I'm so comment sorry, down. boo boo. I know you ain't talking about I'm trigger. Sorry. Okay. I'm so sorry, boo boo. Cause you, don't don't you got a crush on Trey Songs? No. You're a what? liar. When did she say that? She never said that. She has a crush on Maxwell. Oh, Maxwell. Okay. This guy just makes stuff up. Oh. <laughs> you have a crush on Trey Songs. But All let's right, go to guys. the phone lines. You don't want to answer Envy? They used to call you Shrimp back in the day. <laughs> yeah, but that, <laughs> why they call DJ Why shrimp. was your nickname DJ Shrimp, Envy? Because I was shorter than you. No, I, no, 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 no. You changed your wording. Any other time yes. I ask you why they call you shrimp, you say it's because I was small. Say it. Say it. No, say it. You. I was shorter than you. Little shrimp tip. Little shrimp tip. They called me shrimp because I was smaller than Charlotte. They know. Cut it. And they then call I him shrimp because he was small. He said it. No, I did not. All right, let's get to the, let's get to the phone line. Salute to Gia for loving you in spite of. Yo, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, who's this? Jeffrey. Hey, Jeffrey. Yeah, I want to say I have a big package, right? But, but your boyfriend has a small package. No, no, no. Charlamagne said, "What's your IG?" <laughs> <laughs> Let him talk. I just mess. I just I just mess with women. But what I'm saying is, what if I have calling? a big package? And and my leg gets cut off in a car accident. Does she stay with me then? You mean you mean if your penis gets cut off in a car accident? No, oh, my, leg, his leg. my leg. What's your leg got to do with your penis? That's yeah, I'm what I'm confused. saying. So, so she's saying she's measuring me by the by the length of my penis, but my leg get cut off in a car accident. What? Is she going to cheat on me? I think. Uh, no, probably not, because then we could really maneuver you to get in different positions. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be honest with you. You probably got a big package because God uh, didn't give you much brains. Because you sound, you sound crazy. Well, thank you for calling, sir. You can have fun in a wheelchair. Goodness gracious. Hello, who's this? Yeah, this is Terrence Bessel from Miami. Why are all these guys calling? What's right. up, Terrence? You got because a little you're talking about your penis size. Hey, hey, yo, but it, it is, it's not about my penis size. It's about communicating, man. So if, if she's not happy with the penis size, then you have a small to penis. communicate that. So I can hear it in your voice. You got a small penis, bro. It's okay. <laughs> if you agree. Envy the penis whisperer. It, if you want to see it, you know. You know what I'm saying? So you just tell him, I like you. I think you're a great person. But this is not going to work. You don't have to cheat. It's time to communicate. It's a polyamorous world right now. I agree with you, King, because the truth is, if I got a small penis and we get married and then you cheat on me, I'm going to divorce you. So you're going to lose, you know, the, the rest of the good man that I am. So don't even put me in that position. 
Okay. All right. 800-585-1051. We got this topic from the city girls. They were saying if they dated a man with a small penis, they would probably cheat. So we're asking, what would you do? It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne Tha God. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, we're talking about an interview that City Girls did with Respectfully Justin. And they talked about if their man had a small pack. Well, let's listen. And you finally realize he isn't packing the way you thought he was. He love you. He's a good nigga. He really <laughs> f with you. He's blowing the bag. He doing Listen, he just that. got the shrimp. That sh blowing the bag. Good nigga, loyal. <laughs> just not where it need to be sexually. It's the first day? No. Y'all been, been vibing. He treating you like a queen. Spoiling. He might have put you on them jets you talk about. Um, and you find out he had the shrimp at the end. I'm a cheat. Mm. <laughs> I'm a cheat. I'm a cheat. Cause but, I, like, but you're going to lock in with him, but still just cheat on him because he ain't doing what you need yeah, to do. Yeah, from time to time. 800 585 If the person you were dating had a small package, what would you do? Now, this triggers Charlemagne. He was stumbling and fumbling. It didn't look. What? My penis is seven inches, three, four, eight when it's warm out. So that means when it get, it's, I'm, I'm about to be packing that eight inches in about another month. <laughs> about another month when it's consistently hot. And I'm so solid out here. Oh my goodness. Let's go to the phone lines. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Treese. Hey, hey Treese. Good morning. Hey, how are you guys doing? Good morning. Good morning. Hey. Good morning, Keith. What up? So what's nope. your what's your thoughts on this? Have you ever been with somebody with a small penis? Okay, listen, guys. I'm actually from PA, um, but I live right now in Dillon, South Carolina. Dillon. And the penis uh, dropped one of Clues bombs for eight eight four eight four three. That's right. <laughs> Um, period. Uh, the penis down here, huge. Um, to the point where it's the game changer. That's right, baby! 843! Let's talk about it! That's why, Charlamagne. that's why Charlamagne wants to go back so bad. <laughs> no, that's why I know. Because I got a nice, organic, homegrown penis. Let's talk about it. Continue. Continue. Listen, I believe, honestly, I kind of believe it's where, where you're at in your age, where you're at in your life. Um, I'm in my mid-30s right now, and I probably would cheat. I probably would cheat. My friend, my best friend, she's from PA, and she tries to get me out of the situation like, you need to find love. You're going to be 40 soon, you know, things like that. But this South Carolina, the South Carolina cucumber, it's like the best out the garden. You, you, hear, you, you heard it. You hear her. You okay. see us out here. You see it. Okay. Well, well, well thank you, Mama. Thank you, Treese. I just want everybody to know that Charlemagne the guy will be in South Carolina looking for you guys Friday, <laughs> May 7th. Uh, all, he's going to be out all, there first of all, the South Carolina University campus. He's going to be South Carolina State. But yes, when I will he's be... finished doing his commencement, he's looking for you. No, first of all, I don't have to look for nobody. I am South Carolina. If hey, the state could talk, it would sound okay. like me. Okay, you heard her. Don't get jealous. You ain't never heard nobody call up and say, dudes in Queens got the biggest packages. All right? South Carolina, we out here. You think um, 843 is an area code? Clip. No. <laughs> That's our inches. What? You gotta take that clip. Dudes and queens have the biggest packages. Yeah, that's right. This guy's this guy's going to South Carolina. He's looking for all you guys. All right, let's go to another caller. Hello, who's this? Hi, this is Crystal. Hey, Crystal, where you calling from? From Houston, Texas. All right. Everything is bigger in Texas. Hell yeah, including my. Ow. Oh. Okay. okay. Wow. All right. Jeez. <laughs> All right. So, what would you do if you started dating a guy and he had a small package, Mama? I wouldn't immediately cheat on him because me being a plus size woman, I used to be that girl. It got to be big and it ain't gonna work. But 
<laughs> but mm-mm, I met this guy that actually had a really small package, but that stroke was for real. Okay. So that. you can have a stroke with a small out. package? Yeah. Yeah, you, you can just can't pull back too far. Hell shocked me too. Believe it or not, Charlemagne, you can. You can actually have a decent stroke with a small package. Really? And that's that's right. The worst is if they the if they try to like move too far back, it slides out. Oh, honey, look at you. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If I had a, if I had a small penis, I would like probably like rub like a shirt on it. So like when I stick yeah. it in, it'll be like some static energy. So at least she jump you once. <laughs> these are things you thought of before. These are things you did before. Like nobody would think about that. If but, but, the stroke is good and her mouth is on point, you probably can work something out. I didn't know you could have a stroke with a small penis. I you learn something new every day. All right, well, thank you. What's the moral of the story, guys? The moral of the story is brothers in South Carolina is packing. You heard, Trish. Drop one of the clues bombs for Trish out here in these streets. All right? I've been just trying to be humble on the radio all these years, but whatever. <laughs> now it makes whatever. sense. Trish let the cat out the bag. Okay? Jamos, just know that Charlemagne told me he's building a house in South Carolina. He's mm. building businesses. He's moving back. And he's doing a commencement next week. Why do y'all keep saying I'm moving back? I never left. I know we obviously you know because now we know why you never left. And yes, I am doing the commencement. Uh, I'm doing the commencement speech at uh, South Carolina State University uh, next Friday, May seventh, which is big because uh, that's my mother's big, alma right? mater, mm-hmm. and you know it's also Mother's Day weekend. So you know God, God is the best divine planner. What's Salute the to South Carolina State University? The Bulldogs, oh, baby. Okay. I thought it was the Gamecocks. No, that's South Carolina Gamecocks. That's, oh, where, my, yeah. that's where my wife graduated from. Go Cox. Okay. <laughs> so whenever you think about go. Think about the big penis men in South Carolina. Trees put you on, Drum. Okay. Okay? This is getting weird. All right. All right. All right. Yeah, well, you got rumors on the way? Um, yeah, let's talk about Shaq on the All the Smoke podcast. Another big one. What? (laughs) What? What? (laughs) You want to share something with us? I am so sorry, Shaq. I know that you have nothing to do with this conversation. Sorry, bro. I don't know why he just screamed that out (laughs) while we were talking about penises. Gracious. But we'll be back with that on the rumor report. (laughs) Goodness gracious. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. All the guys. The rumor report. With Angela Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. All right, now Sierra and Russell Wilson have surprised some students in Seattle. They donated more than $35,000 so that each student can start with $40 in their own personal savings account. And that's for middle school students. I think that's really dope because they've done all these studies, right, that show that when kids have bank accounts at an early age, it means that they'll be end up being better with money as they get older. I love it. Dropping them two bombs for Russell Wilson and Sierra. Love it. That is dope. It's Financial Literacy Month, and Russell Wilson said financial literacy and building wealth is so important. Sierra and I really wanted to talk to you all because we didn't come from much, and we had big visions, and we had big goals and big dreams. So, amazing. All right, now let's talk about the 2021 Billboard Music Award nominees, and guess who is leading all the finalists in these awards? That would be The Weeknd. So he's a finalist in 16 different categories, followed by The Baby. He has 11 nominations, and yeah. That's why that's why, about artists, that. that's why artists should never care about any award show's validation. Salute to The Weeknd. Remember the Grammy snubbed The Weeknd? That's y'all, what I was going to say, yeah. But, mm-hmm. but we all thought that was crazy. Because we know that the weekend should have gotten a bunch of a bunch of awards, but look at Billboard—they got it right. So you shouldn't put stock in any of that stuff. Just create, man. That's it. 
All right, so what's the top rap album, okay? If you have to choose, The Baby, Blame It On Baby, Juice World, Legends Never Die, Lil Baby, My Turn, Lil Uzi Vert, Eternal, It Take, and Pop Smoke, Shoot For The Stars, Aim For The Moon. Uh, I think Lil Pop Baby, Smoke. My Turn. Lil Baby, My Turn. I think Pop Smoke. You're, you're a New York bias, and you're just being ridiculous. Lil Baby, no. My Turn. I mean, Rest if you look Pop at it, Smoke, love how, Pop many Pop, Smoke. how many records Pop Smoke had on, on the charts this year with all the records that he did? He had about at least five or six number one records. Four or five number one records. He didn't have no five or six number ones. I said four or five number one records. I he didn't have say, four right? or five. <laughs> he had the one with the one with the Baby and Little Baby, I believe. Lil the Baby was with, on that. One with 50 Cent. That wasn't number Rich. one. Yes, that was. Who was the number one record? No, I didn't Absolutely. know it was number one. And uh, there was another one, the, uh, the 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 girl record, I think, with, with TJ. I don't know, but I'm still going. Little baby, my turn. Little baby, baby only my had turn three. was incredible. No, I think little was baby, little baby's my turn right, was listen, 2020. We'll see. We most, shall see. Listen, you know, and, my turn was 2020's most popular album of any musical genre. Period. Over Taylor Swift and everybody sold more. Everybody, but forget to that. The record was just better. I, I'm going. Little baby, my turn. Did you listen to Pop Smoke? All right, we'll album? see. Yes, of course I listen to Pop Smoke album. You, you think guys. Pop Smoke album was better than Lil Baby? This is, all sub this is all subjective for you all. That so is true. you guys have different mm -hmm. opinions, so it's fine. Okay? They all got nominated, so they're all worthy of winning. It's all a matter of opinion, too, by the way. Mm -hmm. All right, now let's talk about Shaq. He was on the All the Smoke podcast, and amongst the things that he spoke about was joining the Miami Heat with Dwayne Wade. Here's what he said. So when I got to D. Wade, I was like, I know you heard all the stories. It's your team. What I should have did in L.A., now that I'm thinking about it. So we ain't going to have any problem. You the man. You the CEO, I'll be the consultant. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know who he was. So while we're in the playoffs, I'm watching him go at Baron Davis. I'm like, who is this? Young motherfucker. Right, so then when the Lakers talking about playing with me, I said, I know where I want to go. Yeah, so I want to go play with him. So as soon as he got there the first day, I said, look, man, you heard this, you heard that. Me and you ain't going to have no problem. You the man. Now, he also talked about learning about Kobe passing, and here's what Shaq had to say about that. One day I'm downstairs working out with my youngest son, Shakir, and one of my other son comes in the, in the gym and he's crying. So I'm like, my mom okay? Your mom okay? My kids okay? And then I see the, the Kobe thing. So now I'm like, it gotta be a hoax. And then the calls just kept coming in. And then you go watch TV and just hit. It put me in a, I shoulda mode. I shoulda spent more time with my sister. I shoulda reached out to young fella. I should have just called to just check on him. And, you know, things like that you can never get back. Uh, listen, I love the All The Smoke podcast. I'm, I'm not being biased because they're on the Black Effect iHeartRadio podcast network. I loved them before. They get some great conversations out of people. And it's interesting that he said he wished he would have said that to Kobe as far as, like, this is your team, this is your CEO. Like, I wonder what made him, I wonder what made him get to Miami and realize he had to check his ego. Like, I wonder why he, mm -hmm. he felt to do that to Dwayne Wade but not, uh, not Kobe at the time. That's what I would mm -hmm. want to know. All right. Well, if you listen to the full episode, you can also hear him talk about his top five rappers, top five basketball players, and top five dinner guests. I'm Angela Yee, and that is your rumor report. All right. Thank you, Miss Yee. <clears throat> also, I want to say Pop Smoke has the longest running number one on top R&B <laughs> and hip hop albums chart Bruh. since 1990. Bro, Little Baby had the running number one. Little Baby had the most popular album of 2020 of any musical genre. You know how big that is in a year when Taylor Swift came out. He has the longest running number one since 1990. 1990. The longest number one oh, on R&B. And you guys, album. one last thing before we get out of this. Shout out to DJ Khaled. As promised, his new oh, album is out. Oh, my God. And make sure you check out that new video for his single, Sorry Not Sorry, featuring Nas, James, and Jay-Z. And I don't know well, who's right or wrong, but Billboard says Pop Smoke has zero number one hits and one top ten hits. 
Billboard.com says pop. See, I don't know, but I, I like I, I love both their albums, and I'll be happy if either one of those guys wins. So shout to Pop. Well, rest in peace, Pop Smoke, and shout to little baby. All right, well, let's get into the mix. Uh, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Now, in case you missed it, last night Mountain Dew announced the winners of the Real Change Opportunity Fun Pitch Competition. Now, it's a competition designed to give a platform to up-and-coming Black entrepreneurs in an effort to discover, challenge, and uplift this next generation of Black innovators. Now, Mountain Dew believes entrepreneurs are the keys to building up Black-owned businesses and shrinking the historic wealth gap. Mountain Dew partnered with HBCUs across the country to create the Real Change Opportunity Fund Pitch Competition, focused on providing resources, programming, and funding for Black entrepreneurs. Now, I had the pleasure of serving on the panel and hearing these pitches, so I'm excited to introduce Jeff, Josh, and Femi, who were announced as the grand prize winners last night with their business, Event Noir. So congratulations, fellas. Thank you. Congrats, thank, you thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy for you guys. I, I was, um, I really loved your pitch and I believe in your product. Jeff, why? Why Event Noir? Man, you know, we've been doing events for over 15 years. Josh is doing Howard's Homecoming. I was in Chicago. He was in law school at, at DC. And we saw that it was over a $50 billion market, the event ticketing industry. Now, with us doing events, we also realized we didn't own anything in that value chain from the clubs to the brands that we were helping make millions of dollars. And so one year we hosted over 75 events and we paid a popular event ticketing platform over $50,000 they collected in ticket fees. Mm -hmm. And we didn't know where that money went. Um, we didn't get any support from them. And so we just knew it was a better way and that we had to launch a ticketing platform that gave back to our community and kept those dollars within our community. So we're very big on and intentional on doing business with black vendors, black brands. And we decided to hire an engineer and build a Vinoir from scratch. So. Since then, we've partnered with over 800 event uh, partners and organizations, uh, such as Black Alumni Ball, Jack and Jill, uh, Vibrate Lifestyle Brand, and all, all individuals who were able to recycle ticket fees back to and, and keep that money within the community. So that was really important to us. Dope. Now, now Josh, how did your experience at Howard shape you into the man that you are today? And what does HBCU mean to, to, to entrepreneurs and, and people like yourself? Well, Evie, I mean, <clears throat> for one, it, it just reconfirmed that, you know, black people, we're not a monolith. <clears throat> for me, you know, my time at Howard, it was probably the most diverse experience that I've ever been in. Coming from Chicago, especially the South Side, we don't really see all the positive images that we would like to, especially in the media and even in the street. Right. So just being at Howard, it was it was just black excellence at every level. I mean, I was at Howard when Chadwick was there. I got to interact with Diddy. I mean, Thurgood Marshall went to Howard. I mean, I'm sure you know from from your time at Hampton. But ultimately, it was just a huge, huge confidence boost for me. And it also proved that we do have the talent, despite what Wall Street may think. You know, we read the headlines and we see that CEOs are saying, well, we, we want to hire black folks, but where's the black talent? So ultimately, it taught me to give back, but also to never settle. And, uh, you know, that excellence, the leadership, the service, you know, those are the core values that, that I learned at Howard. All right, now, now Femi. What do you think about Event Noir that, that made it stand out from hundreds of submissions? I mean, you guys went against some some of the some 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 great companies, but your companies, you know, tested the time. So what do you think the reason was? I think the unique advantage that Event Noir has is that we're able to generate revenue via ticket fees and repurpose a portion of those ticket fees and invest directly into the black community, whether it's supporting black organizations, 
black nonprofits, black entrepreneurs, uh, and black causes. So EventNAR is not just a ticketing platform or a tech platform. It's a means for us to, to build up our communities and support our communities and organizations. Now, let me ask you, what, what did this competition mean for you guys? And, and how was the process? For you? <clears throat> Man, so it was over 200 startups that, uh, black startups that were a part of this competition. So we got a chance to hear from some amazing startups and it just confirmed for us um, just the power and talent and influence within our community. So we had multiple pitch rounds. Uh, we had a chance to uh, pitch in front of yourself, uh, Lala Anthony, uh, Morgan from Blavity and, and others who really challenged us, um, you know, asked us hard hitting questions, um, but also kind of let us know that we had a sustainable idea. Um, you know, we had traction um, and we have an idea and company um, that can really have an impact on the black community. So um, you may or may not know, but you know, the black dollar stays within the black community for about six hours compared to 28 days with some communities. Um, so we know that if we're able to just help contribute by keeping that dollar within the community for a couple more hours, a couple more days, uh, we have a solution that's gonna have some, some great impact. So we wanna thank Mountain Dew, Real Change Opportunity Fund for the opportunity. Uh, we know with us, us being around for five years that this is a marathon. We've, we've talked to a lot of investors and black founders tend to be over-advised and underfunded. And for us to have opportunity to be able to get resources to build on our technology is, is amazing. So it is confirms for us our mission, which is to recycle a million dollars back into organizations annually uh, within our community. Now, now that you guys have won, guys got some money, some bread, some 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 green. Now, now what's next? Where does Event Noir go from here? Um, I think. Uh, one of our next steps will be to scale nationally. Uh, the plan forward uh, immediately is to build partnerships and go on a city to city tour with hosting a diff couple different event organizers and, and building brand partnerships and also scaling in internationally. We have uh, plans to expand to, to Africa and, and other black communities in diaspora. And um, in addition to that, we are building on our third iteration of, of the platform to kind of uh, accommodate the, the the influx of new event organizers that we're going to be having on our platform. Definitely, definitely. So what we're seeing is that as the vaccines are rolling out, cities are opening up, there's going to be an influx of events. And we just want to be prepared to be the premier uh, central marketplace for Black events. So a lot of exciting things going on. Uh, we're speaking to a number of investors, uh, launching our seed round. Uh, we're excited about building new partnerships. So we'll be going to city to city uh, celebrating and engaging with curators, creators, and organizations. So please get in tune. Uh, follow us at EventWarHQ on Instagram. And, and for partnerships, please email us at info.eventwar.com. But super excited and super thankful. Well, Jeff, Josh, and Femi, I want to say congratulations and thank you. I love your product. I love Event Noir. I think it, it's going to go pretty far. I love the fact that not only you know will it put some money in your pockets and, and allow you to employ some people, but it also is giving back to the community. And, and that's what we need. So I just want to say thank you and congratulations. And um, I look forward to seeing y'all in the future. Absolutely. Thank you. Well, shout out to Mountain Dew and we appreciate what you've done, Mountain Dew. And I can't wait to do this next year with some more black entrepreneurs. Now, shout out to everybody again that's going to be stopping by my seminar in Jersey. To learn more about Mountain Dew's commitment to real change for the black community. 
day. Now, you you out in Detroit, right? Yes, I'm actually headed to Detroit today, and I have my private label extensions wholesale day. So you can come mm-hmm. by and get some really amazing deals and some great quality here. So make sure y'all come and check us out. And that's at 8 Mile and Dequinder, and I'll be there on Sunday. Yes, and listen, man, I just want to tell y'all to make sure y'all check out We've Got Answers on Audible this weekend. It's an audio book I put out a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's free if you have an Audible membership, and I think that you will absolutely learn something if you uh, check that out, so make sure you do that. And the positive note is coming from Salute to Mo. Mo posted, once you realize the power of your tongue, you won't say just anything. When you realize the power of your thoughts, you won't entertain just anything. And once you realize the power of your presence, you won't be just anywhere. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and we're back, and we're kicking it with Mountain Dew, and we're talking about their Real Change Opportunity Fund. Now, the Real Change Opportunity Fund is uplifting Black entrepreneurs. And here we have our second place winner, Candace Blacknall. Did I say your name right? Yes. Well, congratulations. You created a business called Gabba. Yes. Now, uh, you're from Morehouse School of Medicine. So explain to us what GABA is. Yeah, absolutely. So GABA is a career development platform and community that helps match students that are aspiring to health careers to study tools and mentors, tutors, and coaches. Uh, The idea is to combat the physician shortage by increasing the pool of diverse candidates that are ready to matriculate successfully. Now, what was your inspiration for Gabba? You must have been studying and been like, I need help. Somebody please help me. What was your inspiration for it? That's actually exactly it. So I'm a first-generation medical student, and I had to navigate that whole process myself. And I noticed through my own experience and, and figuring out solutions to my own problem that I wasn't the only one. I looked around, and there were mostly minorities, women, non-traditional students that were having the same challenge. Um, And I thought that was unfortunate that we're missing out on all of this talent that could potentially be going into our health systems and having an impact. And all we need is a better support mechanism. And so we decided to create GABA. Now, how difficult is it to get into the health care, I guess, business or or how difficult it is with tests? Because we don't necessarily think about it unless you're actually in that field. So how difficult is it? Extremely. So the statistic now is that anywhere between 52 and 67% of students that start off coming from high school ready to go into these pipeline programs actually don't make it. Uh, Somewhere in the neighborhood of 1% of students make it into medical school, but that's not accounting for the difference of students that don't make it into nursing programs, PA programs, and all of that. So it's extremely competitive. And if you have maybe a diverse background where you're already at a disadvantage, it's even harder to make those connections and and get access to the tools that'll help you be successful. Now with your business, your business stood out, I mean, compared to hundreds of submissions. Why do you think your business stood out between, I mean, so many different people? And yours was one of the ones that people said, no, I like this. I think this can work. I think this can change our community, which is what we wanted to do. Yeah, I think it's very easy to relate to wanting and needing connections to get to that next level. Everyone has that that experience, whether you're in medical school or aspiring to a medical career or not. So the story of the company is very relatable. And I think that we already are talking about how the educational system is not really well equipped to support our diverse candidates. And there is a lot of movements to really change that. And GABA fits in very perfectly with that change in the sense that we're really creating an, econo- an ecosystem of support and empowerment for our learners 
which is going to help them be successful over the long term. So I think the, the story is something people resonate with and certainly the impact the, that we could have is definitely something everyone looks forward to. Now, what made you jump into this competition? What said, you know what, this is something for me? Yeah, it one, it's the Real Change Opportunity Fund. And so who's, what better way to change anything than through education, through empowering Absolutely. our young learners? Um, so the messaging and the mission of the competition really resonated with me. And then, of course, as an underrepresented founder, a female founder, it is tough to find capital for your business. So having an opportunity to compete, to share GABA with a larger audience and potentially win capital, that'll help us get to those next milestones. That was an amazing opportunity that I just couldn't pass up. So now that you're one of the winners and you're getting this money, what's next? What are you thinking about? What are you going to do with the money? What are you thinking? We are already doing the planning. So we just hired a new developer and a new designer. We are doing quite a bit of new design um, improvements based on what our customers and our users have told us. We're working to build those recruitment dashboards that our institutional partners are, are really excited about getting. And so we're already in the works and, and doing those development hours and doing that marketing that'll take us to the next level. Well, Candice, congratulations. Yes. I Thank wish you all success with GABA. And uh, I can't wait to tell the world about it because the world needs to know about this because if I had anything like this when I was in business management school and marketing when I was in college, it would have helped me out a lot. A yeah, whole, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We appreciate Thank you. what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. Glad to be here. Now, if you want more information about anybody that we speak to, you can hit up the website www.mountaindew.com slash world to learn more about Mountain Dew's commitment to real change for the Black community. And Candace, thank you again. Thank you.